Hello and welcome to Heart Awake. I'm Janessa and it is wonderful to connect with you. And this episode feels like a monumental episode because it is episode 40 of the Heart Awake podcast. And I know there are certain numbers culturally that we consider significant, 100, 10, even 50. There is power in connecting with numbers and the meaning that we assigned to them. And sometimes these meanings are more collectively defined, and sometimes they are very personal. They're very specific to us. And I did not anticipate that the number 40 (laughs) would be significant to me. But when I sat down today to record this episode, I had this feeling in my chest and in my gut. And it's this sensation of weight, of heaviness, but not like a burden, more like heaviness that is solid, a foundation. And I was starting to reflect on why that could be and and what particular images and stories come to mind for me around 40. And of course, that brought me to thinking about my own religious upbringing and the significance of the number 40. I no longer identify as Christian, though I was brought up in a pretty fundamental traditional Christian culture and household. So the idea of 40 days and 40 nights out in the desert, the idea of 40 days and 40 nights of rain, these stories that are part of our collective consciousness are fascinating to me. (laughs) And I think they hold so much power when we're able to do our personal work around whatever trauma or judgment we may have related to our upbringing, what we come from, the context from which we are created and born and grow and evolve. I've had traumatic experiences in the church. And for a long time, it was hard for me to even fathom the ability to come back to stories and archetypes and energies that were in any way related to my Christian upbringing because the pain was there, the pain of those hurts. And the more that I dive into my own journey and processing family patterns, intergenerational patterns, sociocultural, um, social, (laughs) that's not a word, (laughs) social and cultural (laughs) influences on me, which is the journey of growth and evolution that we are all invited to do if we so choose to do so. <laughs> I'm speaking in riddles now, it feels like. <laughs> but it's it makes it so much more accessible, the return, the reclamation. These are big words. What does it mean to reckon with the past so we can reclaim the parts of us that are just looking to be acknowledged, looking to be expressed. And I had no idea that the fact that this episode is the 40th episode of the podcast would bring all this up for me. (laughs) But I find it interesting to look at these themes around the number 40, these patterns of trials and tribulations I even think about Venus. Venus is still in retrograde at this time, and the retrograde cycle for Venus is 40 days. There's something 
very potent about this numerology. And if we break it apart, there are so many ways we can play with this. You may or may not be familiar with the fact that I I work with tarot. So I have been working with tarot, learning tarot, expressing myself and reflecting on myself (laughs) through tarot for years. And there is this magic that emerges when we break apart these numbers. So for example, the number 40 can be the number four, which is the emperor in the major arcana. It could also be the number four in the minor arcana across the different elements. It's also the the number zero. So what happens when you combine the fool, in some ways the alpha of the alpha and omega, the fool, the origination point, this leap into the unknown and this leap of faith with the number four, the emperor, which is structure and stability. And we, we tease apart these themes. We play with these ideas. And this is part of the process of that reclamation that I'm talking about. When we look to the external world and we see numbers or we see we see images, we see these patterns, we, we recognize these cycles in ourselves and, and everything around us, it's a lens that we can use to deepen into the understanding of ourself as well as who we are in the context of our relationships. And relationships defined broadly, whether that's relationships with other people, relationships with God, however you define God or don't define God, (laughs) relationship with our bodies, relationship with nature. I've always been fascinated by this. I think even as a little girl, before I had any idea what this meant before I had even heard the word archetype, (laughs) before I had read anything (laughs) from Joseph Campbell (laughs) and others, there was this fascination with story and the power of story, the power available to us when we combine these images and these numbers and these feelings and these words and, and we create our own personal lexicon, our own personal language, our meaning-making device for ourselves. And we see this play out in so many ways by how art brings us together Art connects our hearts. It speaks to our souls. I had an experience around this that's coming up recently that, that I just want to share. It's a little silly, but but I loved it. <laughs> I was sitting in the movie theater not that long ago. This was a few weeks ago, and I was there with my partner. It was his birthday, <laughs> and we went to the latest Spider-Man movie. It was the opening night. I had not been to the movie theater that much, you know, over the last few years. I'm going more often now with my partner because he loves movies and it's something that we enjoy doing together now. Um, And I definitely not been familiar with like Spider-Man or the Marvel Universe or any of these things. I'm I'm being educated though, let me tell you. (laughs) My partner's doing a good job of, of helping me along and understanding these stories and how they all weave together. Uh, But we had this really fun experience going to the opening night. And part of that was because we were in the dark, right? Like when you're in the theater and you have that big screen and you see these characters, 
these archetypes, these mythologies playing out in front of us. And you're immersed in the experience with other people. It was so fun and delightful (laughs) to see everyone react to the story in real time. People crying, people laughing, people gasping, probably like holding on to each other and holding hands, right? I had a couple of those moments too and I would glance over at my partner and I would see how touched he was. I would see his heart opening to that experience and how much fun he was having. And that opened my heart, (laughs) even though I'm not a huge Spider-Man person. (laughs) Just the ability to be in that experience together, to be in it. And those are the moments, those moments of heart-to-heart connection that make all the trials and the difficulties and the tribulations worthwhile. We need to move through those experiences in order to have an appreciation for what is here, the magic of making our own meanings of our lives, to play with our imaginations, to play with each other. I love it. I love it. There's been so much that's coming back these last few weeks for me in this exploration of story and 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 what does it mean to be a writer and claim that identity and claim that part of me for myself or or claim being an artist what does that really mean and i have my fear around that i have my own questions about what does that mean to deepen into these archetypes because everything I'm, I'm describing is an archetype, right? A writer is an archetype, a, um, a storyteller, an artist, a creator. And we know we're onto something good. You know you're onto something good, honey, <laughs> when those archetypes scare you. Mm-hmm. Yup. <laughs> when you say them, especially in reference to yourself, and you start to feel a little squeamy inside because <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, I'm actually recognizing this truth within me. And so I wanted to offer that because there, there's so much in this world that adds to our confusion about who we are at our core. There's chatter and there's noise from all over the news, society, our families, our past experiences, and whatever meanings we've made from those past experiences that we then allow to be here in the moment. And perhaps they cloud our perception of who we are and what we're here to do, what we're here to build, what we're here to create, what we're here to experience. So I want you to take a moment, take a deep breath, and Identify for yourself an identity, an archetype, a persona, a story, an energy, whatever words you want to use to describe it. I don't care. (laughs) Whatever resonates with you. But think of something that scares the shit out of you to claim for yourself. Often these are the things we put on pedestals and we say, 
oh, that that's somebody else, right? Like for me, it would be like, well, so-and-so's a writer, so-and-so's a poet, so-and-so is an artist. Like, God forbid, I would I would think of myself in that way. Those are the threads, those are the golden threads to pull and to explore and to inquire and to take action around. Because when we begin to embody the truth of who we are, we, we, we begin to allow that energy inside us to come up and out into the world in some way. We honor that the most through our action. It is a feeling. It is thoughts. It is reorienting our belief system. All of that is critical, right? Like journal it out. Rewrite it for yourself. What's the old story that you want to let go of and what's the new one that you want to to claim for yourself. And don't forget, what action do you take to connect with that part of you? To really believe in that part of you so deeply that you're willing to show up in some way in your daily life. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be so small. (laughs) It can be so small. It can be simply talking about it with another person. It can be creating a new habit around it. I remember I did this when I was starting to inch closer and closer to the idea of me being a writer, which is something I've known my whole life. Like I grew up writing poetry and just writing, writing, writing. I loved it. And I read books all the time. This has always been inside me, this desire to bring story through my voice and my words, whether spoken or in written form. And it was in my late 20s when I was starting to recognize this again in myself. I had lost touch with it for so many years and thought, uh, well, that's just not me, right? Like, oh. <laughs> that's for other people. And as I got closer to opening up to that aspect of me, I decided to create a habit around it. I told myself, okay, every morning I'm going to sit down in front of my laptop (laughs) and I'm going to write. And maybe some mornings it's five minutes, other mornings it's upwards of 20, 30 minutes, whatever it looks like to just let it out. That energy is looking for uh, an opportunity. That energy is looking for an opening to flow through in our lives And it's sometimes those little steps that we do that then allow us to build our capacity. Now, part of building that capacity to do the thing, to ultimately be the thing, to be the the version of us that we know is true deep inside, it also involves taking a look at the shadow aspects of us that come up as a result. (laughs) I've gone through this so many times. I'll share this little bit with you around my own journey with writing because maybe it resonates with you and something that you're looking at right now. Um, But I would put writing out or I'd put poetry out. I've done this so many times on Instagram where (laughs) I put something out into the world and it lives there for a while. And then I'll have like a wave or a rush of shame come up in some moment around, oh my God, that's not really me, right? That insecurity starts to get really loud inside my head. And I've had these experiences where I've gone and I've burned it all down. <laughs> if you followed me on Instagram long enough, you know this by now. 
because over the years I've been all over the place. <laughs> it's that creator and destroyer archetype or energy inside us, right? We create and sometimes we also destroy and we destroy for a lot of reasons. Sometimes we destroy because we recognize, oh, this isn't part of my truth anymore. I, I get to change. I give myself full permission to evolve and transform. And so I'm going to destroy this. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it decompose. And then other times it just comes from emotional reactivity. <laughs> and I laugh because when we're able to play with these parts of us, we we access the ability to, to take the shame out of it. I used to have a lot of shame around this. I used to think, oh my gosh, like I am just, wh what am I doing? What, what did I just do? I just deleted like all of my Instagram posts <laughs> and everyone's going to know. <laughs> I'm just never going to go back on social media. <laughs> when I say emotional reactivity, I'm really speaking about like true deep emotional reactivity for myself here. <laughs> I mean, I am a moon child after all. Um, my son is in cancer and my Mercury is in cancer. So sometimes I get a little, uh, uh, I'll just go with the ebb and flow of however I feel. <sighs> but to be able to laugh about it, to be able to giggle, to laugh at ourselves through these cycles of change, it's one of the most important tools we have for being able to move with that ebb and flow. Because I, I do believe there is a sense of purpose. There is a sense of a design in all of us. As I've used as an example for myself in this conversation, it's like, yeah, I, I know that this writer archetype is something that is so strong inside me. So being a storyteller, being a speaker. Hmm. Yeah. But the iterations of that, the versions of that that I get to explore over my lifetime may look very different year to year, decade to decade, month to month, week to week. So give yourself permission to change. Give yourself permission to explore these identities, these archetypes, these energies, however you want to frame them. Wear them for a little bit. See what happens. See how it feels. If you're thinking about becoming a parent, what would that feel like? If you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, what would that feel like? If you're thinking about being in a relationship again and being a partner, what would that look like for you? Play with it. And you get to change your mind. That's how we know something is truly for us because over time, we give ourselves enough permission to say no so that we can trust our yes. Because if we can't say no to something in our lives, like I can't say no to being uh, a partner. I can't say no to being an entrepreneur. I can't say no to these things. It gets complicated because then how do you know if you can really lean into the full body yes of something? The contrast is critical to understand what's for us and what's not for us. So this feels like a bit of a ramble of a podcast, but <laughs> these are all the things that, that I've been thinking about. And it plays out 
not just personally, but, but intergenerationally. I mean, if I want to weave it back into what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode around my upbringing and the significance of the number 40 and this idea of being a writer and a speaker and a storyteller, I am the granddaughter of a preacher <laughs> and a pastor. I'm the granddaughter of a storyteller. My grandfather was was such a, a powerful man because, who I'm getting emotional. He really lived from his heart. And I didn't mean he was perfect by any means. He was definitely an imperfect human being like every one of us. But he loved so deeply. He loved so deeply. And maybe that's part of the reason why I've I've sometimes questioned some of these identities or these energies inside me because it's complicated when we have these intergenerational patterns living out in our lives. It's a blessing to be connected to legacy. I consider it a blessing to be connected to my grandfather and also my grandmother and others who came before me. And there's a sense of responsibility. What do we do with those patterns and those cycles and those identities? What do we do with that material from the past, whether it's our own past or the past of those who came before us? Hmm. We come back to choice. Maybe that's the little bow that I'll tie on this episode here. (laughs) Coming back to our choice. What story are you living? What mythology are you creating for yourself? What do you want to flow through you in this lifetime? And how do you want to play? Because you get to play. You get to explore. You get to define for yourself who you are, how you venture through this life. And we need you. We need your authenticity. We need your story. We need your magic and your mess of all of it. So I'm sending you this encouragement. I'm sending you a huge energetic hug. And if something in this resonated with you, I'd invite you to reach out to me and share a little bit of your story and what you're writing for yourself. You can send an email to love at janessanickel.com. I love getting emails. I always smile when I get an email from someone sharing a bit of their story and we can connect in that way. (laughs) And if this did resonate with you, I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast, share this with a friend, leave a five-star rating, a positive comment. All of these things really help the podcast and help me out in this message. And I really appreciate it and our connection. Here we go. Episode 40 is a wrap. (laughs) And until we connect again, from my heart to your heart, I love you.